Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this brand new podcast coming to you straight from TK Sports Media. I'm Trey, I'm joined here by Kyle, and our program is yet to be named. Neither of us are very good at doing creative stuff like that, but basically we're just two guys who enjoy football, love the entire sports world, and want to sit here and talk to you about it. Eventually, we would like to make this into something bigger. Uh, YouTube is clearly the next step, but we'll get there eventually. We just want to thank you for tuning in and allowing us to present our dumbass sometimes opinions on the sports world and how we see different facets of it. Right now, the plan is to come to you with two podcasts a week, hopefully lasting somewhere about an hour long each episode. We may go a bit over that sometimes as uh, we see fit or we just get lost in the conversation because, like I said, we're just two guys having fun here trying to make something happen. So anyways, sit back, grab your snacks, grab your drinks, and get ready for the show. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm joined here by Trey Collins. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, and uh, I mean, today we're just going to go through um, our top 15, each of our lists, our top 15 real-life quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, and before we get started, we're not on YouTube quite yet, maybe coming soon, but uh, because you can't see, Kyle's actually got a 19 behind him because yesterday was my dude's birthday, so everyone hit him up on Twitter at FFKyleBanks and wish the dude a happy belated birthday. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. It was a uh, it was a hectic day. We went a uh, little go karting and got home and crashed. So you know. Well, thankfully the crashing came after the go karts. <laughs> true that. True that. And and went to the range. So I got a little mad at myself. You know how it goes at the range. Kind of shank a couple balls and. Okay, you and I were thinking two completely different ranges there. shooting range. (laughs) Uh, Maybe one of these days I'll get you out there, show you how the other half lives. All right. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Absolutely. So uh, we're starting with the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL currently. This is just for NFL stats. No dynasty or fantasy football uh, information is going to be put out during this segment. And I think it's actually pretty obvious to both of us and to everyone listening. Uh, So I'll just go ahead and say number one overall is going to be Patrick Mahomes. You agree on that? 100%. I I don't really – I mean, you'll see the cases come up of Patrick Mahomes versus somebody else every once in a while. It's whoever the second best quarterback is. And it, it, yeah, it'll, I mean, it'll be like a carousel for the past. It's been a carousel for the past four years. You had Lamar, then you had Her, then you had Allen, you had Herbert in there for a little bit. And now you have Burrow. Um, yeah, but Burrow's the only one who could be halfway close to me. Uh, I'm 
really that's the one thing about the 2024 draft class i'm really not looking forward to i mean caleb williams is going to be a fantastic prospect but if you were listening during this year's draft they were talking about him and they said he was the closest thing to patrick mahomes since we've seen patrick mahomes so it's already started but both of us know that in the league right now and for the next few years until he hits that point of regression there's not anyone like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, and you can make an argument that he hasn't really hit his prime yet, which is crazy to think. He's only, I mean, he's only 20, 27 years old, is it? Uh, uh, been in the 27, for, yes. Been in the league for five years, made the AFC, host of the AFC Championship five straight years, Super Bowl in three of those years, won it twice. Well, I mean, um, let's be honest. He hasn't hosted the AOC championship game five straight years. He's hosted it four. That first year was Alex Smith, but still, that's not taking anything away from him. No, no. It was Alex Smith did it his first, the first year, and then he did it five Patty. years after. Because So you're not counting his rookie year and the number of no, years he put in yes. there? So he's played six seasons in the NFL, played, but he started five. And he's made it the past five is what yeah. I'm getting at. Definitely a special case. Definitely a special case. So uh, number yeah. two is where some of the differences are going to come in because right now I've got three different quarterbacks that I could have put in my number two spot. But honestly, for me, looking at the body of work, the number of years in the league, and a couple of other factors – I had to go with Joey Burrow. I feel like he hasn't been in the league as long as some of the other guys, but he's come in and made an immediate impact. His rookie season, I barely count because he got injured so early on into it. But even his rookie season, you could tell that he changed Cincinnati as a I both looked at it because finally that franchise is becoming a little bit relevant and making the AFC North a little bit better. But from the very first snap that Joe Burrow took, I was like, holy crap, this guy is competition. He's going to make the AFC North that much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is I, this is where we're going to start disagreeing, disagreeing on. Um, I have Josh Allen here. And Josh Allen was one of those guys that I considered putting in that spot in that spot. But for me, the reason I didn't put Josh Allen in there is because he's been in the league longer than Joe Burrow. Yes, he took a little while to really come into his own. It was it was really the quarterback for me that started the rule of three seasons. If a quarterback hasn't hit their stride by the third season, maybe it's just time for a change of scenery or something needs to change on the team. And we'll talk more about that later on in the list. But to me, especially after Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs and has had an incredible defense to ride on and a well above average offensive line, He just hasn't been able to do it. He doesn't have the accolades that Joe Burrow has for me. May he be a slightly better quarterback? That'll remain to be seen. I think that 
Josh Allen and Joe Burrow's stats are pretty much neck and neck at this point. There may be one or two percent variance there. But for me in this one, it all comes down to the accolades. And that's why I put Joe Burrow at two. Yeah, I, I mean, I see it. It was definitely, I had to think about it. Um, but ultimately, it was Allen having the dual threat. And we got to be honest to ourselves, that offense is not remotely as good as the Bengals offense. Um, Bengals have three, two wide receiver ones on their team. And they had, they've had a really good, decent tight end. They have Joe Mixon, and that O-line isn't bad. No, that O-line is definitely really good. It shocked me last year when we were able to sack and intercept Joe Burrow so much. Um, I mean, it was fun to see, but it was still shocking, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, it's just, man, I'm blanking out here, but Allen's ability, what he has done since his rookie season impresses me the most because um, you had his rookie season. It was just terrible before his injury. And then he kind of bounced back after his injury and he became this guy that many believed at a certain point was the best quarterback in the league. And many I mean, absolutely. I believe that he could have challenged Patrick Mahomes for the best quarterback in the NFL at one point. Um but like I said, that offense, when you put on Stephon Diggs and especially Gabe Davis as your number two, I just want to see Josh Allen do more. And the growth has definitely been there. And this is in no way disrespectful to Josh Allen. I love the guy as a quarterback. He would be fantastic on any team. And Brian Dable outshined himself with the way that he was able to develop Josh Allen. And we'll be talking more about uh, Brian Dable later on, I'm assuming. I mean, I know I will. I'm assuming you will be too. I haven't gotten that far on my list, but we'll see. (laughs) All right. So I think we've about exhausted number two. I'm assuming you have Joe Burrow in number three. I do. I do. And I I think what makes him number three is his – ability to control the game and control the offense and what Allen has is skill his arm power his ability to run what burrow has is his mind and and create plays with his mind is what kind of make makes me feel like he's in that same tier as Allen now Allen's skill with his legs and his arm power and his accuracy makes him too above burrow but burrow is right there it's like 2A, 2B, 2B for me. Yeah, I, I can see that. I'm not quite willing to go 2A, 2B just because I feel that the difference in accolades really sets him apart just a little bit. And I feel that'd be more disrespectful to Joe Burrow than it is to Josh Allen. But honestly, I love all three of these top guys. And I think that they'd be able to be successful no matter where they go. Right. And I mean, speaking of Joe Burrow, though, uh, with his contract situation coming up, if you were him, what type of contract would you be looking for? Would you be looking to reset the quarterback market and get Patrick Mahomes type money? Or would you be looking to take a more of a team friendly deal and bring all the boys back so that you guys could 
have a shot at running the AFC North and playing in the AFC championship game every year for the next decade. Oh man. I mean, obviously as a fan, you'd want to see him. If you're a Bengals fan, you want to see him take a team friendly deal to build a better team. But I don't see a world where he takes money less than Jalen hurts. Um, I, I think he'll end up somewhere around 56, 57 a year. Um, see, I think it'll I kind of see it a little bit less. I kind of see him hovering somewhere around that forty-five to fifty million dollar per year range. I just—it's because he has the same accolades as Hurts, right? He—he has—he's got more accolades than Hurts, right? He has more accolades than Hurts. He has the Super Bowl appearance, more years under his belt, and he plays a style that is more that is benefiting the longevity of his quarterback play. Whereas Hertz is, you know, he's a runner, scrambler. He's going to get hit more. So I think Burrow gets more money, but I think it's going to be a more team-friendly wise where it's over an eight to nine-year um, span, whereas Hertz was only, what, five, six, was it? I think it was five, though five, I'd have so. to double-check on that. Yeah, I think I think Burrow would be more to where they're just going to load it in the back. Um, but I, I think he'll try to get – I think he'll get more than Hurts. Like I said, like I always say, the the biggest contract is always the next one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at somebody like Tom Brady, who Joe Burrow says that he's loved and tried to incorporate some of it, some of the elements of his game into his own. The reason why the Patriots were able to be so successful over so long is Tom Brady consistently took team friendly deals. Now you can definitely do that when you've got a freaking supermodel for a wife who's bringing in money of her own too. But if somebody's looking to become the next Brady and Belichick Patriots, team-friendly deals are definitely the way to go. Yep. Uh, I agree. But right now we're living in uh, – Tom Brady is a rare, rare example, and a lot of people use him as an example of if you want a dynasty, take a Tom Brady contract. But Yeah, not many people can do really that. He's the only one at that level to do that. I mean, not even Russell Wilson has done it, and he's married to freaking Sierra. She's probably making more money than he is at this point. Right. And he's still taking the big contracts. Yep. All right. So I agree. So you want me to go first? Because my four is a little, I know I'm going to get a lot of um, pushback on it. Oh, come on. Don't tell me that you have Deshaun Watson this high. I do not. I do not. Oh, thank God. I don't have him here or next. A little spoiler, but. I have uh, even that's a little too high, but go ahead, hit me with quarterback it. for the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert at four. Okay, you know what? I'm actually not too mad about that. I'm really not because I actually have him at four too. Really? Yeah, you see, my thing with Justin Herbert is back in his rookie season. When he had to come in week four against the Kansas City Chiefs for Tyrod Taylor, he had no idea he was going to start that game. No idea. Tyrod had been killing it up to that point in the year. Justin Herbert stepped in. I think he lost the game. 
Yeah, but it was close. It was a, if I could remember correctly, it was a one-score game, and I believe he threw three touchdowns and zero picks. Yeah, and I mean, with that kind of a performance against the Chiefs, who I believe that was a year they went to the AFC Championship game, wasn't it? Was that Mahomes' first year starting, or was Alex Smith still starting? No, Herbert was drafted in what twenty nineteen. Um, so sounds 20, about right. Twenty nineteen. So it'll be it'll be definitely Mahomes. Mahomes started in twenty eighteen starting. So it'll be yeah. Mahomes is coming off his MVP season. But especially being able to keep up with Mahomes to make it a one score game. That impressed me in a way that very few quarterbacks have been able to do. Uh, I think that the second most impressive single-game performance that I've seen actually came last season when Baker Mayfield went to the Rams and with only three days of practice had an amazing game. But we're getting a little off topic. Back to Justin Herbert. (laughs) The real thing about Herbert for me and why I feel like we're going to get a lot of hate for putting him at four is just because he doesn't have the accolades that some other people on this list are going to have. But when I take a look and see it, it's not his fault. Yes, they have Austin Eckler. But his main two wide receivers are older guys who consistently get hurt. And when your two top receivers are consistently out, unless your name is Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to be able to get it done. No. So I I feel that if he had younger, more healthy, I'm not going to say more talented because when those two are on the field and healthy – They're incredibly capable, talented receivers. Mm -hmm. But when you have guys on the field consistently, you're going to be doing a lot better. And I am really excited to see how the draft picks come in and kind of change up his standing. I mean, taking Quentin Johnston out of TCU – was an absolute steal at them for 21. And outside of JSN or Jordan Addison, I feel like that was the best receiver that they could have got because Quentin Johnston really knows how to stretch a defense, and he's going to provide that deep target that Justin Herbert loves to look for but just never has. Yeah, I mean – Big thing with Herbert and when people look at him is recency bias. And a lot of people look at this past season and they don't look. And when they look at Herbert, they don't see anything too special from this last season. And as you mentioned, it was the injuries that played a big part in his receiving core. And you got to remember that he didn't have his starting all pro left tackle or pro bowl left tackle Rashawn Slater there. He got injured, what, week one, week two. Um, so he didn't have his left tackle as well for most if all if not all the se- the whole season so that's and something as a that... Steelers fan I can tell everybody listening the left tackle is the most important position on offense outside of the quarterback yeah you don't I mean, have a left tackle you don't have anything yeah I mean not having your starting left tackle then on top of it you don't have your starting two wide receivers sometimes he didn't have his starting three wide receivers so um 
he was hindered a lot by injuries, and you kind of have to write that season off. And he still did decent with the players that were there, right? So I'm excited to see him with Quentin Johnston and how this new team, how this new receiving court works as a three and how he does this season. Yeah, I'm expecting to see Quentin Johnston on the outside, not necessarily in the X, but definitely paired up outside of Keenan Allen. Uh, if Keenan Allen does get hurt, I think that Quentin is more than able to take over the X. He just doesn't have the experience in the NFL yet. I wouldn't put him in the slot just because a lot of the times you're seeing those slots run the crossing or slant routes. And like I said, he's a deep threat kind of guy. You're going to see him on a lot of post corners and even streaks. So, All right. Well, let's get into our five before we start um, getting too much time in it. Um, who do, who do you have? Uh, I think this is where, uh, okay. At number five, I've actually got another guy from the AFC. Uh, I just think that the AFC is absolutely loaded in quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but go, coming in at number five, I've actually got Trevor Lawrence out of Jacksonville. All right. And this is, we'll see a little, um, a little discrepancy between our picks, but Trevor Lawrence is not too far away from here. So I I see your understanding here. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, when he was coming out of college, he was never questioned as the number one overall pick. Never questioned. Unfortunately, he went to a Jacksonville Jaguars team that was coached by Urban Meyer. And if you ask around the league, a lot of people say, no, just go ahead and throw that season out. It never happened because Urban Meyer did more to hamper that team than a lot of coaches do to actually benefit their team. Mm -hmm. So just leaving that season aside, he's been an amazing player. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, him and Travis Etienne – make arguably the best one-two punch in quarterback running back in the entire league. I mean, neither of them are the best at their position, but I think that that quarterback running back pairing is the best that we can see in the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about Trevor Lawrence because I kind of want to have something to say whenever he's coming up, but I I agree with you, and I I think – he had such a high standard coming into the league because of his college days and how much he and his ranking coming into college and the national championships and just all of that combined having that first season I think everyone just was like he's a bust everyone was quick to label bust 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 and you gotta remember he was ranked number one for a reason No, absolutely. And the dude just doesn't blink. I mean, you look at that playoff game he was in last year, down by three scores, comes back to win the game. The dude has ice running through his veins, and he just doesn't know when to stop. After throwing four picks. So um, he kept his head up. But Go ahead with your number five. Five, I got Hurts, and – what separated me from T-Lon Hurts was Hurts, the way he commanded and 
that season that he had last season compared to T-Law. T-Law, you could it wasn't really till week 11, week 10 till he started picking up the the toes a little bit and started running, but Hurts it was all season and the way with him on the field compared to Minshew, you could definitely tell a difference in the quarterback play and how much Hurts meant to that offense. Oh, absolutely. And I give and I take nothing away from Jalen Hurts. Um, he's actually not too far behind Trevor Lawrence for me. Um, I, I think a lot of what we're going to be doing in the top six is just flipping our picks around. I mean, it happened with two and three. One and four were the same. I think five and six for both of us are just going to be flipped. And I think from seven on down is where we're really going to start seeing some differences. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of that. Trust me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really, you got you to see his performance in the Super Bowl when his team wasn't really playing that good. And a lot of people said Hurts is only good because of that team, that supporting guys, that defense. But you saw that defense get absolutely killed by Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid did his thing, and Hurts was really the best thing in that Super Bowl for that team, you saw him just making plays with his legs, with his arms. And yes, the stats are a little skewed because of uh QB sneaks that they had, but he said, you, if you watch that game, you saw just the plays he was making and he had that dog in him. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. Jalen hurts does have that dog at him, which is why I've got him at six. I mean, in today's NFL, being a mobile quarterback, while it does probably shorten your career, being a mobile quarterback is incredibly valuable. And to me, Jalen Hurts' character speaks a lot about who he is. I mean, this is a guy who, when he was in college, went to the national championship game, got pulled for Tua in the game previous. But in the national championship game, Tua wasn't performing well, so Saban put Jalen Hurts back in. Didn't hear a single complaint about him. He went and won that game. And he's only continued to grow since he's been in the NFL. Like I talked about uh, earlier with Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, this was his third season, I believe, and he just took off. I mean, yeah, you could say it was because the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown which honestly dumbest move the Titans have ever made. That was Brown's move if I've ever seen it. But while it did help, if you've actually been watching the Eagles, you could see the progression that Jalen Hurts has made from year to year. And this year, he got the pieces to put it all together and took his team to the Super Bowl. I think they will at the very least see a couple more NFC championship appearances from the Eagles with him under center before his career is done, especially seeing as the NFC is somewhat of a weaker division, a weaker conference than the AFC. Yep. I I completely agree. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll just, I agree with all that. He's my number five for that reason. And he's just going to completely dominate in the NFC, like you said. Um, now I'm assuming your six is Trevor Lawrence now. Yes, my six is Trevor Lawrence. Already really – you covered all I needed to talk about him. I kind of chipped in wherever I needed to. So I'm just going to go straight to the seven, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Is this where we finally get Deshaun Watson? 
This is right where we get Deshaun Watson. Oh, man. He's this my is seventh way best too high. And way too high. Seventh I, best for a guy who hasn't played in how long? He played this season. He missed a season. He missed most of the last season. So two years, I'd say he had yeah. two years off, was it? Two years for me just automatic just doesn't give you seven. Yes, but you're looking at a guy when he was playing, he was a top three quarterback in the league, and there's no debate. You look at that Texans team he had, and he carried that team to the playoffs, beat Josh Allen in the playoffs, actually, to go to that famous Chiefs game where they completely fell apart after that first quarter of 24-0. Well, I mean, Um, beating Josh Allen back then isn't as impressive as it is today. It wasn't the Josh Allen we know, but he still beat that very good Bills team with that very meh Texans team. Yes, they had J.J. Watt. Yes, they had D-Hop, but you look at all the other players, wasn't really much to write home about. Um, So he's my seven. He just has the – I think if he had – when he has this whole offseason to play and practice with the team and get reps with the starters and – whatnot and get kind of the idea of how that how um they want to run it over there in cleveland i think he's gonna absolutely explode um and leaving the off the field stuff behind <laughs> I, we're talking purely quarterbacks here he's my seventh best quarterback coming up this season you see, leaving the off-the-field stuff um i wouldn't put him quite this high just because the Browns are the Browns. And I mean, yeah, they've got Nick Chubb, awesome running back. They've got Deshaun Watson. They've got Amari Cooper. They've got Miles Garrett. Right. But the Browns are still going to Brown. I mean, if you look at the number of times they've led the AFC North versus the times that they've come in last in the AFC North over the past 20, 25 years – it's almost like a 10 to one ratio, not in their favor. So as good as Deshaun may be, the Browns are still going to find a way to make him look less, to make that team look less than it should. So that's why I don't have him ranked at seven. My seven is actually the newest starting quarterback of the New York Jets. I've got Aaron Rodgers at seven. All right. Now, I see I see you over there laughing, but Aaron Rodgers has been in the league for 20 years at this point. He has a Super Bowl under his belt. He's been back-to-back COVID MVPs. He has been the best thing on the on the Green Bay Packers since Brett Favre left. Now he goes to a New York Jets team that has Brees Hall, that has Garrett Wilson. His numbers this year are going to skyrocket after the first few weeks because if you look at the start of their schedule, they have the roughest first five or six weeks out of anybody in the NFL. So don't come back to this pod and hit me up on Twitter saying, oh, I thought Aaron Rodgers was your seventh-best quarterback in the league. He's currently 
two and four, what's going on? Do you not know anything? No, I know that Aaron Rodgers has the hardest strength of schedule coming up in the beginning of the season. But getting towards the middle to the end of the season is when you're really going to see this team starting to gel together and learn how to play. And we're going to see the Aaron Rodgers of old. Now, do I think that they're going to go to a Super Bowl? I don't know because the AFC is absolutely loaded. You've got the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, the Jaguars are going to have something to say about it. I just think that the addition of Aaron Rodgers, a veteran quarterback who knows how to win, to that offense puts them in that conversation. And I think that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers go back to what he was a few years ago. All right. I see your points. You want to go to eight? Absolutely. Let's go to eight. All right. Well, at eight, which is why I was laughing earlier, I got Mr. Discount Double Check, owner of the Chicago Bears (laughs) right now, Aaron Rodgers at eight. And all the points you say, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, absolutely. First ballot. One of the best quarterbacks the past two decades now. Um, Super Bowl champion only once, which is kind of sad. Everyone thought he'd have more, but um, I think he's absolutely going to light this up with light this up in this offense with Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and he's bringing over Alan Lazard. They have one of the best O lines if they're healthy, a young, fun defense, and I think this team's going to be absolutely fun to watch. And I'm going to be tuning in to watch the Jets that Monday Night Football against the Bills. I think he's just going to kill it in that offense, and he's going to have – oh, hold up. I think I lost you. Did you... Are you back? I think I lost you for yeah. a second. Yeah, I'm back. We, uh, You froze for a second, but fun. Sorry. I mean, how long has it been since we've used the word fun to describe the New York Jets? Yeah. I think it's been since Brett Favre. And another point about Aaron Rodgers – how much his career mirrors that of Brett Favre. He's going to go to the Vikings soon, I'm telling you. Oh, absolutely. And just imagine, if if we're excited to see him with Garrett Wilson, what do you think he's going to do with Justin Jefferson? Oh, man, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait that, with that. And Jordan Addison. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That would be scary for any and all NFC teams. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. All right, so who's who's your eight? All right, my number eight is a guy that's probably going to get me a lot of hate because all anyone likes to do is meme his catchphrase. And, yes, I am talking about Mr. Broncos country. Let's ride. Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson, to me, was kind of the bridge quarterback between the old school, the Ben Roethlisberger, the Tom Brady, all of those guys, and this new style of quarterback. He was one of the first quarterbacks outside of Michael Vick that I had seen play that uses his legs. 
So I think that he's got a really nice mesh between the two. And what you were saying with recency bias with Justin Herbert, I think really applies here. Last year, last year, the Broncos were head coached by Nathan Hackett. Not a good head coach. Not nearly as bad as Urban Meyer was, but still not a good head coach. Talk about Hackett. He's actually the OC of the Jets right now. Uh, Yeah, him and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, some people, they're just better suited to be offensive coordinators than head coaches. Yeah, ask McNaggy. Come on now. Oh, absolutely. And there are some offensive coordinators who don't even deserve to be in the league, but I have a feeling we'll talk about that later. Anyways, you'll talk about Wilson, it, not me. <laughs> with Russell Wilson, <laughs> with Russell Wilson, you look at what he did in Seattle. He saved the Seattle Seahawks franchise. I mean, yes, we all sit here and talk about the Legion of Boom as to why the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, but. Russell Wilson was really the one who got them there. And with the weapons that he's got in Denver, if Javante Williams can get healthy, if Jerry Judy can stay on the field and doesn't get traded, if Cortland Sutton can come back and actually be a wide receiver too, I think they've got all the pieces to at least make a playoff push. Now, I'm not putting them up there in the upper echelons of the AFC because the talent on that team from the quarterback on down just isn't there. But I do think that they could sneak in as a 5, 6, 7 seed and at least make it to the divisional round. All right. I see where you're coming. Russell Wilson is on my top 15, but he isn't this high. And I think it really goes to, I mean, yes, recency bias, but it's just more of a compliment to the other guys I have coming up than it is to a hate for Russell Wilson. I I like Russell Wilson. He's a top 15 quarterback in the league, in my opinion. He's higher than than some of the guys that people would have in their top 15. Um, But he's not eight for me. I think that's just way too high for what he did last year and the unknown that he poses in for this upcoming season. And I can see it. I just, the unknown to me isn't too much of an issue because I look at what Peyton Manning did when he went there with a competent head coach and with Sean Payton coming in, I think both of us can agree that Sean Payton is definitely an above competent head coach. Easily, yep. And I'm not going to say that Russell Wilson is going to have Peyton Manning success, lead the league in touchdowns or anything ridiculous like that. I just think that last season is going to be the exception, not the rule in Denver. All right. Yeah, I mean, I see it. I definitely, you know, as a Chiefs fan, it kind of, I kind of dislike seeing Denver's success, but I like a lot of the players on their team. Some for some reason, Wilson being one of them. I think, um, as you said, I th- I think he'll bounce back, but there's just guys that I'd rather have over him, based on what no, they've I... done. 
So I absolutely agree with that. Uh, that's why I had him at number eight. There were seven guys I'd rather have. Well, there's there's a little bit more for me. And <laughs> starting off that list after your Russell Wilson, I have now I don't know if this is a top fifteen ranking for this year or if it's a top fifteen ranking going forward, but I put Kyler Murray on this list at nine. And yes, I feel the disappointment. All the memes of his height, of his cod, of his a lot of memes for Kyler Murray. And I think he I think he's still a top ten quarterback in the league. Oh I mean you're looking at last year, people were calling him a top five quarterback in the league before he tore his ACL um on the turf. Or was it turf or was it actual grass? I can't remember. I think it was actual it, grass and it was a lot of No, I think it was turf. Because right. a lot of players dislike turf over actual grass. Yes. See for me personally, I don't even have Kyler in my top 15. Now, I debated on it. I definitely did debate on it. But looking at his entire body of work, I mean, the dude has DeAndre Hopkins. Arguably top hands wide receiver in the league. I remember when they played the Steelers, that amazing catch that he had in the end zone that was the catch of the year, absolutely. And then I believe it was the same season, a couple games later, the Hail Mary that Kyler threw. Yes, against the Bills. That was a fantastic catch. So I think Kyler has shown flashes of being able to be a top 10 quarterback in the league. Because he does run. That two-point conversion that he had last season was the longest two-point conversion in NFL history. And that shows the type of talent that he has with plays that really break down. But to me, with the weapons that he's had, the offensive line that he's had, and especially the defense that he had, he just hasn't shown enough to be able to put it together. And unfortunately, I do have to bring in the -the off-the-field issues. Because to me, if you're sitting there playing Call of Duty, you're not putting in the work that you need to. And when the Cardinals have to actually threaten you to put Call of Duty into your contract, that tells me a lot about your list of priorities. So I I personally can't justify putting it in my top 15. I can understand it if someone does, and I don't hate it, but it's just not for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but he, I mean, yes, his rushing ability, he's electric when he uses his legs and he runs like Lamar Jackson if he was shorter and could fit through tight holes a lot more. It's it's just crazy the way that he runs. And you have to bring up one, D-Hop wasn't there for the first six games last season, so he wasn't. Um, he kind of had issues with that with his wide receiver core. His old line was beat up. James Conner wasn't really doing good last season to start the season. Um, his wide receiver too was Greg Dorch, and nobody knew who this guy was coming into the season. I mean, I mean, if you did, you'd be lying to yourself. Um, they had Rondell Moore. They didn't really like him or use him. They had him a couple games, but 
Um, his wide receiver core wasn't really that good. Um, no, and I'm expecting to see Kyler take a step forward this year uh, just because he's heard all of the memes about the Call of Duty and how it's negatively infect- affecting his game. But even more so than that, you really take a look at what the Cardinals did in the draft. Kyler told the Cardinals, hey, I want Paris Johnson, the left tackle out of Ohio State. Now, they traded back, and then they traded up to listen to their quarterback and take Paris Johnson Jr. We were talking earlier about how having a left tackle is the most important thing on offense outside of quarterback. And if Paris Johnson Jr. is what we believe that he can be in the league, then they've got a franchise left tackle for the next decade. So hopefully Kyler can do something to help prove himself, at least to me. And then I would be more than happy to put him in my top 15 because, like I said, I don't have anything against the guy. I think that he's a great player. I'm not too big of a fan of the height, but especially since Russell Wilson, we've learned that quarterback height really isn't too much of an issue, just like hand size. So it won't be too hard for him to get in my top 15. Honestly, I'd probably have him at 16 or 17 if I had continued the list past 15. So he's right there. He's just not quite there. Yeah, and let's just say how great that move was for Arizona. Move back I mean, four absolutely. spots and they get an early first for 24. I mean, with the way this Cardinals team is built, I'm kind of expecting them to have – top two picks in the draft next year. Yeah, so it'll Marvin be really Harrison Jr. and then you get it'll be really interesting want. to see if uh, they want to stick with Kyler Murray or if they want to take a shot on Caleb Williams. Yeah, which I I get the rookie contract, but you're a franchise that wants to compete for Super Bowl, stick with the known quarterback that you have who is elite. He's proven he can be elite. I'd stick but with it, him and build around him and build to his strengths, kind of like what Baltimore is doing with Lamar. So, But at the same point in time, if you could trade away Kyler Murray to, let's say, get another first in 2024, possibly even a first in 2025, then you take Caleb Williams, who already has Paris Johnson Jr. as his starting left tackle. The rest of the offensive line is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Then with the second pick overall, you take Marvin Harrison Jr. Imagine Caleb Williams with DeAndre Hopkins, Marvin Harrison Jr., and an additional first-round pick. Not to spend on tight end because I do think Trey McBride is going to work himself into the at least top five or six tight ends in the league. I really like the kid, but maybe do what the Lions did and spend one of those picks to quote unquote reach for a running back that you really like. Yeah, I mean, just imagine how dangerous that offense could be, and you could keep on building it with all of the assets that you get from trading away Kyler Murray, especially if one of the guys further down on my list 
doesn't work out in the league for whatever reason, and we'll talk about it. I think that Kyler could be a really good option for that team to still be competitive. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think Kyler is the route. I understand the, I understand, um, you know, the arguments for trading away Kyler for Caleb. I understand. I think you kind of saw it this offseason with Lamar where people were like, trade away Lamar for AR, right? But it just – I think teams, you know, teams don't want to take that risk, which is why I think they'll just stick with Kyler. Um, Now you get the right wide receiving core. Um. If if they for some reason keep D Hop, if you get Marvin Harrison Jr. in that mix, that team's going to be absolutely deadly. Um, that team you get D Hop, Marvin Harrison Jr., Marquise Brown, James Conner, maybe the best running back in next year's class, and Kyler Murray. You're talking about one of the, if not one of the top defense offenses in the league, just on paper. On paper, yes, they're going to find it hard to compete with the Eagles and the 49ers, though, who I think are still the class of the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you got the Seahawks, two teams in your division that you got to compete against. So I think uh, NFC West is easily the hardest NFC division. People say the East, but you're all lying to yourself. Um <laughs> See, I can make an argument for the NFC East. Um, I mean, obviously you get the Eagles in there, but that division is really taking some steps around. For me, it's really going to depend on whether or not Sam Howell can be a bona fide NFL starter. We haven't seen too much out of him, but between Dak, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Sam Howell, if – He's what Washington is hoping he can be. We'll have a really awesome top four starting quarterback. Right. And I mean, the NFC East, the only thing it's really lacking is offense. You got four of the best defenses in the league with Washington, with New York, with Dallas, with Philly, that you're lacking the offense in New York and you're lacking the offense in Washington that's really weighing this division down. Yes, you got See, I LA think the offense in, in in the West, but you got Seattle overall, young, fun team. Seattle, I mean, San Francisco, all-around, all-star team. And then you got Arizona. Yes, they kind of lack some of that defense, but I see them being next year a top team in the NFC. All right. So that I mean, that's just you know, kind of going off on a tandem there. But uh, I like Kyler Murray. So, <laughs> all <laughs> right. So who's your number nine? Dull point. Kyler Murray's my nine. Oh so yeah, who, that's who's right. Who's your that's nine? Right. I don't think we got um, your nine yet. My nine is actually my second quarterback from the AFC North. Oh. I'm gonna go with Mister. He finally got paid, Lamar Jackson. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought you were going Kenny Pickett. I had that in my mind. I thought I was about no. to, I was about Look, to go I'm, off for a second. 
I may be a Homer Steelers fan, but even I'm not going to put a guy who's just coming off his rookie season highly. Just not going to happen. But to me, Lamar Jackson has done nothing but improve since he's gotten into the league. He came in, and we all made the jokes. He was the highest-paid running back in the league. And while he's still not a prolific passer, he doesn't have to be. He's got a safety blanket in Mark Andrews. So when Bateman, Duvernay, and Andrews aren't open, he can always just run it. He's that yep. dynamic of a runner. He's the best running quarterback in the league. And dual threat quarterbacks are the future. So while I couldn't put him higher than nine, because he still lacks a little bit in passing, I did have to put him at nine. To me, he is a top 10 quarterback as much as it hurts. And I agree, which is why he's my 10. So <laughs> I think that people are going crazy saying he's top five, which is just not right. No, um, it's not. And you're kind of kidding yourself if you told yourself that. Yes, he had that MVP season, which is kind of the first time you saw that type of style of play since Mike Vick. But it was that first style of play since Mike Vick that people were amazed. And yes, he had an amazing season, but what he's done since then has been underwhelming. You have three seasons where he hasn't finished or he's been injured all past three seasons. And that's really what hurts his ranking here is his injury. Because if you can't stay healthy, you can't play quarterback, you're not good, right? You're doing no help to the team. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You're just eating up cap space at that point. Yep. So, I mean, staying healthy is a big thing to me. And him, yes, he's had some great games <clears throat> during that span. Um, but there's, there's just something missing in the passing game. And – there really is. If he can become the type of prolific passer that Harbaugh and the Ravens want him to be, I think that the rest of the league really needs to watch out. Because if he had the passing game of, let's say, a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow, if you take that throwing away from them and give it to Lamar Jackson, I think that quarterback would be the only one who could challenge Patrick Mahomes for the number one. I think yep. that that would be a very reasonable and very good debate between the two of them. Yes, I agree. And we, we saw it during his MVP season and that's why people were Lamar or Patrick Mahomes, but it, it's been kind of not there for the past three seasons and he's missed on deep balls, he, which is a big thing when he had Marquise Brown and last season, yes, he didn't really have the wide receiver core that he's going to have this next season, but um, he's, he's been missing it. Close it. I'd say close it now. I, I'm doing something right now. <laughs> All right. Why is every, just close it, please. Love you. Good night. Gosh. No peace All right. Day, so, man. Number but, 10 to me yes. 
is another guy who the injury concerns are actually really big. And for number 10, I'm going to go to a tongue of Iloa. Now, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. I know it's a little bit of a reach. I know it really is. But what you may or may not know about me is for college teams, Alabama is my team. All right. My cousin has always been a huge Alabama fan. And her and me were really close growing up. And she kind of raised me in football, so to speak, to be an Alabama fan. So I've been through the A.J. McCarrens, the Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the Jalen Hurts, now the Bryce Young. All hey, of them. hey, Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma quarterback. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> just because he couldn't compete with Tua. Just, but... just, just like Joe Burrow is an Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> but anyways, to me, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He really came out this past season and really showed us what he could be. Now, the two concussions absolutely terrify me, and it was for that reason that I almost didn't even put him on this list. I had to actually talk myself into it. But with the weapons that he has and the potential that he has, this is the first real pick where I'm actually projecting forward because even for Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, they've proven that they've been able to do it in the past. It's not so much to expect them to do it in the future. But two is still relatively new to his NFL career. We haven't seen him and the Dolphins really take that next step. But I think that if the Dolphins can put in to protect him just a little bit better, and he can be a little bit smarter with the ball, which I think is going to be a huge part of their OTAs this year is developing the offensive line and helping Tua get smarter with his reads and knowing when to throw the ball away. I think that he's in a prime place to kind of take that next step. And with the Patriots falling off, I can see a race and a – throwdown between the Bills and the Dolphins to claim that top seed in the AFC East, especially since Josh Allen has been kind of underwhelming. Now, and you, Josh and you Allen, have to, you got to throw in the Jets now too. Yeah, you definitely do have to throw in the Jets, but Not I can pass, definitely see, I can definitely see Tua and the Dolphins making it a conversation as long mm-hmm. as he can stay healthy. Oh, I definitely do too. And I mean, it's hard not to when you got, and I'm going to throw this out there. He's not on my top 15 because it's, it's you, you have a receiving core with Hill and Waddle. You have a running back room with Mostert. Um, I don't think he played with um, Jeff Wilson, but you're going to have a Devin A chain. You're, Who is have, my favorite running back coming out of the draft, by the way. Yes, and you have that defense that's now going to have Jalen Ramsey and Bradley Chubb. And this team is just, you can't mess up. And this is where I kind of hesitated on putting Tua on my top 15 list is because all he really had to do is 
find where Tyreek and Waddle were and give them the ball and let them buff his stats. And you kind of saw a lot to start the season before the concussion is he'd underthrow like crazy. I mean, you saw it in that Cincy game. I remember this one really good because I remember that game as a whole, but I remember it really, really well because I was making a meme halfway through um, because he underthrew Tyreek on a, on a picked play, which would have been an easy touchdown, but he underthrew him and it was, and it was, I believe it was picked. And I'm like, man, it was Tua can just rip this ball a little bit more. He'd be, he'd be top 15 for me, but his arm strength is just a big, it's just not, not good for me. And it doesn't get the job. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the arm strength. That's the issue. Because look at the receiving core he had before Tyreek was there. He had some awesome receivers, yes, but no one nearly as fast as Tyreek is. And I know he had all of OTAs to get used to it, but when you go to a player that's as fast as Tyreek Hill is, it's going to take a little bit of time to really adjust to that. I think that his deep throws got better as the season went on. We'll have to see how he does with it this season. But for me right now, I'm just going to chalk that up to being a difference in the style of play than he was used to. Yeah, but big thing is he played with Waddle the season before, which you think about it, their speed, yes, Tyreek's speed is just something else, but... Waddle is not that far off, and he no, he'd, he's not that he'd, far off. he'd throw behind Waddle a lot even the season before. So I think his accuracy with these speedy guys is is concerning when they're the whole offense. When you have Tyreek and Waddle, the two two the best duo in the league. So that's Definitely. that's my concern with Tua, and I I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see the comeback from the concussions. And I want to see him do good. I love Waddle. I love, hate Tyreek. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to see them do good, but it's just, I don't, I don't see it. And I think he's a great shot. You know, like if you need, I think he has really good upside. And I think a lot of people are undervaluing him that way. So I think, yeah, that's all I got on Tua. You remember earlier when we were talking about Kyler Murray? Yep. This is the spot to me. If for some reason this year Tua Tonga doesn't work out, I think the Dolphins need to cut ties with him. And if they can go to the Cardinals and say, hey, we will give you our 2024 first round pick and our 2025 first round pick for Kyler Murray, who honestly is a similar quarterback to Tua just has that little bit extra arm strength. I think that that would be a smart move for both the Cardinals and the Dolphins. I think it would keep the Dolphins relevant. And I think it would give the Cardinals the draft cap, the additional draft capital they would need to continue building. (coughs) So I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's just a possible trade that I can see if Tua Tagovailoa doesn't work out. Yeah, I can see it. And I think there's, I mean, just like this offseason, I saw, I think 
there's going to be a lot of speculation definitely come next season if Tua doesn't get the job done of quarterbacks going to Miami. And I think it's just going to keep being a, a thing every offseason until Tua makes that leap, if he ever makes that leap. I think this year is his year, especially with his health concerns. If he has one more bad concussion, I doubt that we see him on a football field ever again. Yeah, I agree. I'm surprised he's even playing. Because I remember being at your place over during the Bills game, and that was just shocking. I've never seen anything like that, and I've seen the hit – from Vontez Perfect on Antonio Brown. I've on seen, a lot of players, yes. Yeah, I've seen a lot of really bad hits. And that one, by far, was the worst. Yeah. Yep. It was... And you're talking about the Bengals game, right? The Monday Night Football? Uh, yeah, the Bengals. Yeah. Just during that hurricane... And it wasn't, it wasn't dirty. It was just. Oh no! It wasn't a dirty hit at all. It was, a it was just play. bad. It was yeah. just. You could tell it was bad the second you saw it. in live time. You didn't even notice it. The second they showed the replay, you're like, "Oh crap, he's got a concussion!" Like everybody knew. So. Oh, absolutely. Because slow mo, it looked bad. Real time, it looked like a football play, and then you're like, "Oh crap! All right, here we go." Let's make sure he's okay. Um, but, yeah, I hope he makes that leap. I think he has a chance to make that leap. But I like five other quarterbacks. So, he, he was deba- I was debating him putting at 15. But he's in that 15 to 18 range for me. And I think I need to see that leap in his passing game and his decision-making to make that – to getting it get him into the top 15. Um. So we'll kind of, just so we're not boring everyone for too long here, um, we're going to jump right into 11. And my 11 may surprise you, may not. We'll see. Um, I got Kirk Cousins at 11. Man, okay. (laughs) Kirk Cousins does surprise me because he's another one that just didn't even make my list. Um, If I was going to put him on a list, he'd be in the 16 to 18 range for me. I mean, Mr. Average himself. Yes, and uh, he's consistent. He's not elite. He's not great, but he's he's good. He gets the job done. He doesn't make mistakes very often where you see in many quarterbacks like Dak do. Um but he's good. He's consistent. And I, I like him. I like him in that 11 range. He's, he's a quarterback. I'd want on my team. If I was, if I wasn't going to have a friend, if I don't have a franchise QB, I want Kirk cousins because he he'll get the job done. He can win a super bowl. He won't be the reason your team wins a super bowl. See, I don't think that he can win a super bowl. You'd have to have an all caliber defense in order to do that. I mean, even with Justin Jefferson, you're still going to need more. To me, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, I mean, even with Jordan Addison lining up opposite of um, Justin Jefferson, 
I don't think that's a Super Bowl caliber team. No, and he made the playoffs. What was it? 12 and 5 were their record and they had one of the worst defenses in the league. So I think if you give him a defense that can kind of so it's not a shootout every game. I think he can win the Super Bowl. Not that he will. I would not put the odds on him to win the Super no. Bowl, but I, I think there's a chance that he can. And that's something that not a lot of quarterbacks can say, that I can say for a lot of quarterbacks. Like Tua, I don't think he can win the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, yes. I think he, he has win. won a Super Bowl, so and he's he has, proven yes. that he can. Jared Goff, maybe, right? And then you I get mean, into, you get into Kyler Murray. Think. You're like, uh, with the right pieces, yes. <laughs> Daniel Jones, no. Derek Carr, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, they. I I think I really like Kirk Cousins. He's I think he's very undervalued because he doesn't do anything special. Um, he gets the job done. He he finds the right free. He goes through his progressions right. He gets the right read. He gets it the right guy, mostly on the money. Um, but he doesn't do anything special. He's older, so I think a lot of guys discredit him. And I think he's very undervalued. He's right. I wouldn't blame anyone for putting him off the list, and I wouldn't blame anyone for putting him a little higher. But I have him at a little yeah. eleven. I mean, like I said, that 16 to 18 range is really where I'd have him. My number 11 is actually Justin Fields. And I don't know All if right. you can kind of see a trend with my last three picks, but to me, the mobility of Justin Fields is what really sets him apart. Yes, I mean, it's not the passing, but yes. No, it's definitely not the passing, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, see. I think he's a little bit better of a passer than Lamar Jackson is, but I don't hold any reservations that he's not as good with his legs. Yep. I mean, he. you're you're talking after you get through the top. I mean, top seven, top eight are all kind of guys you expect to be there. When you get to the eight, nine, 10, 11, those are the guys that just miss out. And then you get to – even 11, you get to 11 through 18 range. I see, I wouldn't blame anyone for mixing these all around, right? I want to yeah, see my 18 not. to be 11. Well, maybe, but uh, <laughs> you're getting to this range where it's all preference and it's all what style of play you like more, what you predict from this team and offense. This no, absolutely. Year. And I'm, I'm not seeing anything too terribly special coming from the Bears this year. I mean, with Chase Claypool as their wide receiver one going into the season, not really seeing anything too terribly special. Well, now they have DJ Moore. Come on. Which receiver are they going to put in the X spot? You're going to put Mapletron, the tall big physical receiver in your X spot, send him out deep. DJ Moore can go deep, but I see him more as not a slot guy, but, but a really good number two. Yep. I mean, yeah, he'll be, he'll be the, he'll be the lead guy in receptions, but he won't play that one role. If that makes sense. No. Yeah, absolutely. He'll, but he'll be there one in stat wise and in, mm-hmm play wise but he won't play where normal traditional ones play oh absolutely 
But yeah, I mean, I, I see it. Um, his passing was a reason why he's a little lower on my list. I love his rushing. I love his upside. I think he can be a better passer like he was at Ohio State. Um, but I haven't seen it yet. And I do think he will get better at it. Um, but it, it was just so bad last year that he's got to get some uh, – He's got to go be lower on my list because of it. So at number 12, ugly, ugly, ugly at 12. But I have Dak Prescott. Um, and wow, it, it's, I think it's that's ugly. the first one that we've agreed on in quite some time. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's an ugly, it's an ugly um, pick here at 12. But I think he's very hated on. And, yes, he is a Cowboys quarterback, so he's naturally going to get that hate. Um, and he had a really bad season interception-wise, and he was injured for most most of the season with a thumb injury, which may have been an issue after that injury, after he came back. Um, but he's a good quarterback, and he – if it wasn't if he wasn't on the Cowboys, I think a lot of people would have him higher, honestly. And um I I'm like blanking out a little bit here. But yeah. I like Dak and I'm gonna keep saying it. He's very unsexy. <laughs> He's very unsexy. But, yeah, but... He, he definitely is an unsexy pick. But I think what people really need to remember about Dak Prescott is they he was a fourth round quarterback when he was picked. He wasn't touted as a first round talent. He was that guy that came in for Tony Romo when he was injured and shocked the hell out of all of us. And I think that if you view it in that context of him being a fourth round quarterback, he's actually exceeded any and all expectations that you could have had for him. I mean, yes, the Cowboys have an all caliber defense, but Dak, when he's on his game and taking this last season out of it, he has been on his game for the past few seasons, not Super Bowl winning game, but still game. He can get the job done. He can keep you in any game, and he's not scared of the big moments either. I mean, I think that you hit on most of it, but Dak Prescott is still not necessarily a top quarterback in the league, but definitely a good top of the middle third quarterbacks, right. if you will. And you shouldn't be complaining if he's your quarterback. Like, if he was my franchise quarterback, I wouldn't be complaining. Yes, I mean, my franchise quarterback can catch him at home, so I'd be complaining if it was anybody else. Um, but I wouldn't, if I was another fan base, I wouldn't be too upset if Dak was my quarterback. Um, this was one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Um, yeah. Part of that has to do with how great that defense was. But this was one of the great, one of the best um offenses in the league and the only reason they didn't really go far is because of i'd say coaching and Dak had a oh, really absolutely. bad game against the niners and they still only lost by a touchdown um see i'm not expecting too much improvement out of Dak this year just because they didn't really help him out in the draft i mean me neither 
in the first four rounds, they went offense, they went defense in all but the second, and they took Schoenmacher, the tight end out of Michigan. Now I know that you probably love that pick, but I really didn't. I was really hoping to see them kind of trade up and go get a Michael Meyer. I mean, actually, I think he was still there at 26. I don't think he was. went until early Kincaid, in the second. Kincaid yeah. went a pick before, and then yeah. My, Meyer, Michael Mayer was there at 26, and I, I don't I, hate them passing see, I think up. that Meyer should have been the pick. Could they end up going at 26? They went with the defensive tackle, Mazzy Smith, out of Michigan again. So they, <laughs> they did went two Michigan, Michigan picks in a row. Which I, I yeah, don't, I don't hate I it think... because they needed a big guy on the D-line, Dallas did. So I don't hate the pick. Mazzy Smith is a great I... D-tackle run, run, um, run defensive lineman. I think he's great in that. He won't stow up on the stat sheet a lot, but he'll do most of the dirty work. Um, but enough of the defense. I th- I like Schumacher, but you can make an argument, and I think it's a very good argument that this offense actually got worse. Um, yeah, I definitely think so because you if you Zeke. add Meyer to that offense, you're adding a Jason Witten type tight end, and of course that's all projecting. But when I watch Michael Meyer, that's the tight end I comp him to is Jason Witten. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those comps too. Yeah, I just I was think they could have done something a little bit better. Yeah, I thought they'd for sure go mayor, but uh, it's one of the shocks that I I was actually really shocked. But they found a need. I mean, they had a need on the D line. They addressed that over tight end. Um, they believe in Schoonmacher more than um, most did. Most didn't even have him go in the first three rounds, so it was surprising. Who's your 12? All right, number 12, I figured that I would give you a little bit of grace here and at least include this guy in my top 15. I went to Sean Watson. Here we go. There you go. Come on, talk about him. Let's go. I, I went to Sean Watson. Now, we talked a lot about him earlier. He's got the potential to be on one of the best offenses in the league. When he was with the Texans, him and D-Hop absolutely took the league by storm. I think that him and Amari Cooper can do the exact same thing. I love the addition of Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. Not that it's an addition, but it's an addition to Deshaun himself. I think that that will take a lot of the stress off of him. I think that having the offensive line and the defense is really going to help him. I don't hate what the Browns have built, but the entire reason that I have them at 13 is because, like I said, when we were talking about Deshaun earlier, the Browns are going to Brown. I mean, you had Baker Mayfield, who admittedly not as good as Deshaun Watson, but he still did lead the Browns to their first playoff win in, what was it, a decade, something like that, and you completely ruined his career. Baker's now on his third team in less than five years of being drafted. And now you're bringing in Deshaun Watson, who you gave a fully guaranteed contract to. 
who has all these off the field issues. I mean, I know you said you were leaving those out, but if Deshaun winds up in a massage parlor again and the Browns have to cut him, how much money are they going to have in dead cap space per year? Because they fully guaranteed his contract. Too much. And that's honestly something that I can see happening. So, like I said, the Browns are going to Brown, which is why I put Deshaun at 13. Who do you got? At 13, I have Jared Goff, quarterback of the Detroit Lions. And uh, he's secretly, I mean, not that he's under the radar anymore, but he was under the radar. It's become a lot more known this past year of Jared Goff's ability to run an offense. And his only weapon last year was really Amon Ra. Yes, he had the running backs to help him, but this was the best offense for majority of the season. And he only had Amon Ra and a bunch of nobodies under that. Josh Reynolds, he had uh, Marvin Jones wasn't on the Lions, but um, he had TJ Hawkinson for a couple weeks. And then he had nobody, that Zilstra or whatever guy that they brought up from the practice squad. Um, so I think Jared Goff, he gets the job done. He's a very aggressive quarterback, but he's, He's a good quarterback, in my opinion, his passing ability and his to lead the offense down the field is something that I love about him. And I think he's a really good quarterback. You see, I don't I don't hate the pick to me. I would have Jared Goff a little bit lower only because of the fact that the Lions took Hendon Hooker in the third. Yeah. So. It's not a first, and it's not a second spin on a quarterback. So you're not expecting Hennon Hooker to come in and start automatically. But you are saying that the guy that you currently have is not the answer. Yeah. So despite what Jared Goff has done, and I do think he's going to get better this year because Jamison Williams is coming back. Now, he is suspended for the first six games, which absolutely destroys me because I think that he's going to be a top-class talent. But with Amon Ra and Jamison on the outside, I think that he is going to take quite a big step forward. And I am excited to see what the Lions do this year. I mean, even reaching at 12 for Jameer Gibbs, while I didn't really understand that pick too terribly much because there were better players on the board, JSN was still on the board at that point. I mean, could mm-hmm. you imagine an offense where you've got Amon Ra and Jamison Williams lining up on the outside and then you've got JSN in the slot? That Man. would be an almost unstoppable offense. I agree, but... As a player standpoint, I think the pick was beautiful for um for Gibbs as that landing spot. Um Oh, it was but, definitely a good landing spot for Gibbs. He'll do really well behind Montgomery. Yes, and I, I think they're gonna really use him as a wide receiver more than a running back. I think Montgomery will be the main running back, but I think Gibbs is gonna be used heavily in the pass game as a wide receiver and as a receiving back. They'll use him Debo style on steroids is how I kind of view this as. And um it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be really fun to see how Cam Dan Campbell uses um Gibbs in this offense. Oh absolutely. I 
I completely and totally agree with everything that you've said during this, which is why I've actually got him in my 14th spot. Oh. For all the reasons that we just said. So I don't feel the need to talk too much more on Jared Goff. Who do you have at number 14? I have a guy that you already said. I have Justin Fields. And okay, the reason he wasn't ahead of the other three is because I view him as a third quarterback in the NFC North. And it's because of his passing ability that he's shown this past year. I think he can improve. But I like Goff and Cousins more this season to lead my team. Um, if I if I were to have one. Um, because of what they've shown their passing ability and to lead an offense field that fields. I haven't really seen that with great weapons. Um, and it's just accuracy. It just wasn't that good. And I kind of touched on it more when you mentioned fields, but Mm -hmm. that that's mainly why he's 14, but he's still 14. I think he can improve vastly. I think he can, I see a world where we're talking next season and he's a top six quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's got a lot to put together, but I think that he he's can just very, get it done. He's very raw right now. We're not seeing him no, fully cooked or what he can what he can be. It reminds me of a lot of Josh Allen in the first two seasons. I can't see yeah. him be top six, but I haven't seen it yet and yeah. It, it, there's a lot more of his of his career to go through before I can start saying he's a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. The bears just need to stick him in the oven at three fifty for a couple hours, finish cooking him up a little bit. Yep. Yep. Put him (laughs) in the deep fryer. All right. So that's number 14 done. Um, I've got kind of an outlier for my 15. So why don't you go ahead and get us started? Because I know this is one that we're going to differ on. 15. Yes. Okay. Before you mention off Kenny Pickett, I'm going to go with uh, Russell Wilson at 15. And I told you he's a top 15 quarterback for me. He's 15 right there. And I think he can be a top 10 quarterback. But I just, I like the guys ahead of him more. And that's not to dock Russell Wilson. I just, I like the guys ahead of him. And I, I think Russell Wilson will make a huge leap forward with Sean Payton this season. Um, his rushing ability, I think it'll be much better with Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton. Um, man, I'm, oh, yeah, I forgot they I, added Marvin Mims to that. That'll be a really good slot threat for them. Oh, uh, he's I, I'm all over Marvin Mims. I love Marvin Mims, but um, I think Russell Wilson will take a huge leap forward with that coaching staff. End of story. So. Um, who, who do you have at 15? I'm kind of, I, I think I nailed it on the head, but I, uh, I think you did too. I mean, in the words of arguably one of the best coaches in the NFL at number 15, I've got Kenny fucking Pickett. Hey, coaches don't equal quarterback play, right? No, they really don't. And I can understand if someone would leave him off this list. I mean, honestly, I almost did just because I didn't really want to get all the ire. But to me, really, the only negative that I can point to with Kenny Pickett is his offensive coordinator. I mean, to me, Matt Canada spent the entire 
past two seasons, completely ruining Ben's last season by calling high school plays, and then ruining Kenny's first season by calling high school plays. But the main reason that I've got Kenny Pickett in is because this was a Steelers team that by the time we reached our bye week in week nine, everybody in the league had us out of the playoffs. By that point in time, Kenny had thrown more interceptions than he had touchdowns, had a really, really bad game against the Bills. I wish I could just forget that game, but I can't. His, but, it's, it's sad that his highlight is um, pushing a D lineman. Yeah. That, that's that's the sad part. But, I mean, even in that game, that argument with the D lineman showed me something that I needed to see. It showed me that my quarterback was a dog. And <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved seeing that fire. I loved seeing that competition come out of him. But since the bye, week 10 on, he led them to a 7-2 and two record and put them back in the playoff contention. For a rookie quarterback, that would be fantastic. But we had a receiving core headlined by Deontay Dropson. Now, he didn't have as many dropped passes this season, but he has this really, really frustrating trait where whenever he catches the ball, he likes to run 10 yards in the wrong direction just to see if he can make something out of nothing. Like, there will be times where it's third and one or second and three, and he'll catch it with more than enough time to just get the first down. But he'll try and weasel his way into making a 20, 30-yard play and wind up losing three or four yards on it. It's incredibly frustrating. But what I really like about Kenny Pickett is what he showed during the Raiders and the Ravens game. He led two fourth-quarter game-winning drives back-to-back. I mean, during the Raiders game, that's probably one of the biggest stages that you could thrust a young quarterback into outside of the playoffs. It was a game to honor Franco Harris on the 40th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. It was a primetime game The entire world was watching. And Kenny played his heart out. Now, on top of that, yes, we still have Deontay Johnson, but George Pickens is going to be the one on this offense going forward. Mark my words. We should be getting Calvin Austin back, who will be fantastic out of the slot. We just got our franchise left tackle and Broderick Jones, who when he went on with Kenny Pickett and Cam Hayward, and was asked, what type of player are the Steelers getting in you? Just like I said with Kenny Pickett, Broderick Jones came out and said, y'all getting a dog. And I just love that. I don't even hate the pick at Darnell Washington and because Darnell Washington dwarfs Pat Fryermuth. And Fryermuth isn't an undersized tight end. Dude is 6'5". Darnell Washington stands head and shoulders above him. Then you add in Joey Porter Jr. I mean, we've completely and totally redone our secondary in the offseason with Omar Khan, the con artist, doing his thing. It really started when we 
robbed the Bears of their of the number thirty two pick to grab Chase Claypool. And then with Kenny Pickett this offseason, all I've heard coming out of Pittsburgh is the dude is the hardest worker that they have ever seen. And that's coming with having Antonio Brown on your roster for quite some time. He's there from the time the facility opens, watching tape, working out, getting reps in, and has to be told to go home at the end of the night. They're saying his competitive spirit and his fire are over the top. And I expect him, in spite of Matt Canada, to take a huge step forward in his play. Now, I don't want him to take too big of a step forward because if he's too successful, that means we keep Matt Canada, and I really don't want to do that. But I'm definitely expecting the Steelers to make a playoff push this year. I think that 10-7 and is a very reasonable goal for them, especially with the schedule that they have. And I think that Kenny Pickett, is our quarterback of the future. All right. So before you start getting guys all riled up, all these Steelers fans riled up that you're going to win the Super Bowl, um, I'm going to I'm gonna bring everyone down to reality just for a second. I love Kenny Pickett's heart and the way you described him. It gets me all riled up for Kenny Pickett. But let's not forget, you said 7-2 and two after the bye. Let's, let's, let's take a look at this 7-2 and two here. You got the Saints. Who is their quarterback that week? Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, both bad. All right. You get the Bengals. Good game. He played good. I'll give him that. You guys lost. He played good. You guys get the Colts. Bad. That was one of the worst primetime games I've ever witnessed. It wasn't as bad as all the Broncos. I kind of wanted to turn that off. I, I think I did turn that off halfway through. That was terrible. <laughs> you, you you got the Falcons. Bad. You guys only won by three. Ravens, you lose to, what was it, Tyler Huntley. Bad. Then you get the Panthers. Is that Sam Darnold? Day? Is that Sam Darnold was starting against the Panthers? Uh, I'm not too terribly sure yet with Sam Darnold. He went 14 for 23, 225, but you can't really count that one against Kenny Pickett because that was the game that uh, he was out with a concussion. Mitch Trubisky played that game, went Uh, 17 of 22 for 179. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, We'll skip that one. I was going to give him a little credit because Sam Darnold was actually decent on the Panthers for the last of the season, end of the season. Okay, next game. You got Raiders, 13 points. That was that was a primetime game, right? Was that a primetime game? Yeah, that was, that that was, was a the, primetime Christmas game, 40th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. That was the game I wanted to turn off after the first quarter, right? Where I, I remember this because – I had Devontae Adams in a redraft league in the semifinals of a playoff for fantasy football. I needed seven points from Devontae Adams. <laughs> let me pull off this. Let me pull up this uh, box score really quick. It was just, I was crying. He had two receptions for 15 yards, but I kid you not. I think he had 10 targets that game. I'll have to look at it. It won't say for some reason. But I think he had like at least seven. 
it was just Derek Carr throwing overthrowing him like crazy. It was I was upset. I was upset and I was upset. I'm like, man, what are I had to watch that game because of um <laughs> because of my fantasy football playoffs. And I'm and I regret it. I think I hated Kenny Pickett more just because Devontae Adams didn't get seven points. So <laughs> there's that. Um, 16 to 13 against Tyler Huntley week 17. And then you uh, you beat the Browns last week of the season. It was actually a good win. Kenny Pickett, I believe, played well that game, if I remember correctly. I can't remember which Browns game. He went 13 of 29 for 195 and a touchdown. Hey, so he didn't really play that good. Um, but again, I, I mean, all of that is completely and totally valid, and I'm not trying to take it away from the box scores. But at the same point in time, you do have to look further than the box scores. When your entire offensive game plan is run, run, pass, punt, it's kind of easy to tell what you're doing. Yes. I don't think that Kenny Pickett is going to be able to be accurately judged until at least his third season. Mainly because Matt Canada is still under contract for this season. I don't see him getting a contract renewal. If he does, I'm going to lose a lot of faith in the Steelers organization. But as someone who sat there and watched every single Steelers game, and then after the season was over, went back and rewatched them just to see how my rookie quarterback really did. Like, <laughs> to break your heart a little bit more. Not necessarily break my heart because my heart was already broken with the fact that Joe Flacco couldn't help the Steelers. But, I mean, Joe Flacco never helped the Steelers, so I really don't know why I was so surprised. But my heart was already broken. I just wanted to give myself a little bit more hope. And I found that hope because you can sit here and say uh, 13 to 10 against the Raiders wasn't really that good of a game. 16 to 13 against Tyler Huntley really wasn't that good of a game. But the two things that really stand out to me during those two games were the last drive. I mean, Kenny Pickett went down the field both times 80 yards to win the game. And to me, that showed more of who he is than it showed me who the Steelers were at that point. Because like I said, I'm not expecting two terribly great things from Kenny Pickett or the Steelers this year, mainly because of their loyalty to Matt Canada. I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. But what I attribute a lot of Kenny Pickett's play towards is the offensive scheme that Matt Canada called. Also having a subpar offensive line. I mean, as you saw Kenny Pickett grow, though, that offensive line grew as well. So in the next couple of years, we'll see if I'm right or wrong in this. And I'm perfectly open to being wrong because the way that I look at my football fandom is I'm a football fan first and then a Steelers fan second. And I know a lot of people don't really understand that, but I love seeing good football. 
doesn't matter to me who it is. I mean, Deshaun Watson and his off-field issues, I probably won't ever support him. But that's another story entirely. But hey, in when, watching, when I roster Deshaun Watson in as many leagues as I do, I kind of have to try to support him. Yeah. It's, it's, um, a, it's sad, but, you know, you kind of have to – I look out for my money whenever the season ends. But, I mean – Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. He's already proven himself better than who most people thought should have been the first quarterback taken in Malik Willis. Yeah. And he was, he was interesting because everyone thought he'd be a top five pick. And then he falls to the third round. Kind of reminds me of Will Levis and he reminds me a lot of Hendon Hooker. Now, do I think he'll have the same – Hendon Hooker will have the same um, path as Malik Willis? Probably not. I do not think that. But I see a world where that could be the complete – be the same word. They love Jared Goff so much, and they actually don't really like Hendon Hooker. They may cut him in the next offseason, Hendon Hooker. Maybe. But I see a world where Hendon Hooker can be a starting quarterback and pull off a Jalen Hurts-type uh, career. Um, oh, absolutely. But getting back to Kenny Pickett, I don't see a ceiling for him where he reaches the Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes type of level. Now, I would absolutely love it if he shocked the entire NFL and reached that level. But I can totally see him falling somewhere in line with Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, we just got to let him grow into never, it. I mean, never, with, with, with Josh no, Allen, right? with Josh Allen, it took three years before he really <laughs> broke out with Jalen hurts. It took three years wow. before he really broke out. You look at some of these awesome quarterbacks in the first seasons that they've had. I mean, it's been way overdone and I kind of hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. You look at Peyton Manning. His first season, he set a record that still hasn't been broken for rookie interceptions. And he went on to win how many Super Bowls, how many league MVPs? Yeah. I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is going to have a Peyton Manning type of career. But to completely write someone off just off of the basis of one season and a horrible offensive coordinator, to me, is a little bit short-sighted. And just a little bit of hatred on the Steelers as a whole because we do have those six Super Bowl rings. We oh have my been, gosh. Here we go. Let's just we have been hey, one, your mic really quick. We have been one of the very top organizations in the NFL for a very long time. Hey, so I'll give you that. In fifty years you'll still have your six Super Bowl rings. You, won't have, you, you, won't, you guys will have a couple more too. I can see you guys winning at least two more with. Uh, we'll have we'll have with more Patrick than you in in the end of ten years. Let's just say that. Possibly, um, but I mean, I'm not writing Kenny Pickett off. I don't want I don't want people to think that. Um, I just yeah, yes, I, you I are. You're the, a Kenny Pickett hater. I think the odds are stacked against him, and I didn't like his play. And there is a world where he can become a. Uh, Josh Allen, I just think the chances of that, I, I, 
I think he'll he'll be a bust before he becomes a Josh Allen, or or see, more likely I, that he's a bust than a Josh Allen. See, and I see it the opposite way. I think that he's going to need a little bit of help from the Steelers, and I think that needs to come in the form of firing Matt Canada. I, I personally agree. would love to see the Steelers get rid of Matt Canada and replace him with Cliff Kingsbury. I know that Kingsbury has said he doesn't want to get into coaching again for a while, but I think that he would be the perfect offensive coordinator. Yep, I agree. I think that's a perfect way to end this. Uh, a little, Absolutely. A little back and forth about Kenny Pickett, but... Um, Actually, we do have one more perfect way to end this. Unfortunately, we do have to say a rest in peace to one of the best running backs to ever do it. Yep. Jim Brown did pass away today, and he will be greatly missed by every league. I know that I always enjoyed seeing him at the NFL Honors, and I wait to see what the Browns do this season to honor him. Yep, I agree. I think that's a, a perfect way to end this. Um, rest in peace to him. Thoughts and prayers to his family during this uh, tough time. Um, and yeah, so um, I'm excited to get Absolutely. this episode out to everybody. I know it's a little more of a a longer one than I've had in the past, but um, I'm hoping to get NFL ones with uh, Trey here every. I, I hope to get an NFL one with Trey every week, and then have another one with Fantasy uh, every week, and it'll be separate podcasts. In my what I think we'll do so. Uh, big things coming Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely, and I look too. forward to. I do think that we have agreed tomorrow to do this exact same thing, but rank our top fifteen dynasty quarterbacks. Yeah. So that one is definitely going to be a little bit more interesting. I know that I have some guys on my list that I left off of this current one, and I'm expecting the same thing from you. Yeah, and I it, think that it's that one upside, might. So. Yeah, I think that that one might actually get a little bit more heated than this one did. Yeah. So I definitely look forward to to that one and to seeing your guys' reaction to this. So stay tuned. We've definitely got some big things coming. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for having yeah, me man. on, Kyle. Thanks for uh, coming. I'm glad we finally got a chance to link and uh, talk our talk my great and your bad uh quarterback rankings uh we'll we'll see what the reaction to this is online i know i've got a couple of people who are excited to hear this episode so we'll get a consensus and you know three years down the line we'll look back on it and see who really won this yep that's that's all that matters is in three years who was more right right so why don't we do what uh skip and shannon did and bet a case of mountain dew on it works for me all Works right. for me. In three years, uh, I'll enjoy that case of Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, man, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> Dang it. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm looking forward to future episodes. This is this has been amazing. So, Absolutely. I'll catch you tomorrow night for some more fun. All right. See All you, right. man. Peace out. See you guys.